Hello, friends, neighbors, Romans, countrymen. Uh, Ross May here from Reitman for the Job. Yes, this podcast still does exist. Had a lot happening this year. I'm sure we all did. Talking to Dave Babbitt of the Film Strips podcast for the Real Ghostbusters episode, Halloween Two and a Half, a joke on the Halloween uh, movie series. We had technical issues for the first five minutes, all on my end. Fortunately, it was mostly us just talking about technical issues. Anyway, all that we did was just introduce ourselves and say, hey, we're going to talk about this episode of The Real Ghostbusters from October 31st, 1987. It's a year and a day from when Halloween was forever, the first episode to feature the pumpkin head Sam Hain. And that's about it. And then I get into the news and introduce Dave Babbitt of Film Strips Podcast. Hope you enjoy. In the news, in October of 1987, uh, on October 14th, uh, 16-month-old Jessica McClure fell down a well in Texas, and she was rescued on October 16th, and that was a very scary event. Um, It's probably immortalized to all of us in the Simpsons episode Radio Bart. That's, yeah, that's obviously a parody of the movie Ace in the Hole, but otherwise their main inspiration was this event of called Baby Jessica Falling Down a Well. Yeah, there's a hole in my heart as deep as a whale for that poor boy stuck halfway to hell. Um, sorry. Oh, we can't pull him out. We could do the next best thing. And go, go, on go on TV and sing, sing, sing. And we're sending, <laughs> we're sending our love, love down, the down the well. well. All, all the way down. down. Yes. <laughs> oh, we, we know all, all yeah. the important things. We know yeah. this stuff be funny if this is my last podcast. And then <laughs> Ross died. Yeah, you'll survive here. On Yes. On October 19th, uh, this would be called Black Monday um, after Black Friday from the stock market crash. This was the worst day in the world stock market since the Great Depression. And you people can read up on why that was. It seems like capitalism doesn't always work and that sometimes there are just major stock market crashes that you know just wipe out loads of wealth and this whole thing doesn't always work out get out of here um you you really i had no idea on that one who could possibly have that is that that is antithetical to the message of ghostbusters which is hey listen if you've got a silly idea uh, um, make it work and like you can become you know small time millionaires and and hey that here's your crazy little business also um, to down with the EPA according to Ghostbusters um, I but... know those guys are so they're such dicks <laughs> man big government um, yeah. it was uh, the 80s folks it was... yeah uh, I don't want to make this whole episode all about the changes that happened to the real Ghostbusters series so you've heard me say some of this stuff before uh, it, it's kind of funny that if you look at, if you have, say, the DVD set of all of the real Ghostbusters and Slimer, you'd think, oh man, here are all these years, and sometimes fans uh, quantify it as, here's season one, two, three. No, no, like, that's almost the wrong way of thinking about it, because th- uh, there was uh, the 13... Um, ABC episodes for Saturday mornings that were run concurrent with, they also made cheaper and not looking as well. Uh, they made cheaper um, syndicated episodes for a whole package. And that was all in year one. Like they were working on all of that uh, primarily in 1986 and real Ghostbusters did gang, but 
I was about to say real Ghostbusters did gangbusters, which is a funny thing to say, but yeah. it's true. It did very well. The toys were doing well. It was their highest rated, uh, one of their highest rated cartoons that they were doing. And as J. Michael Straczynski and a few others like to point out, so of course what ABC did was taking their most pop, their most popular kids cartoon. What if we uh, get a hold of this firm called Q5 that claim to be children's experts, and they have in in like a in during the first year with high ratings and great toy sales, they say, "Hey, why is this dumpy guy Ray here?" You should get rid of Ray, which is so, which right off the bat is the funniest thing to me. It's it's such an indication that the people who they hired like didn't even see the movie. Yeah, yeah. So like, so get rid of Ray. They they literally said Janine's glasses are too slutty. <laughs> Jesus. People love Slimer, which you know, like I don't. You can go into the merits of having too much Slimer, but like. They weren't entirely wrong about, like, yeah, kids like Slimer. Uh, Peter should be nicer. Like, eh, eh. Uh, um, uh, I think uh, Straczynski piped up at one point. is like, you're talking a lot about these characters. So what are you thinking about Winston? And they said, oh, he's the driver. <sighs> Jesus. Just the worst. All yeah. the worst. They said all the worst things. And um, uh, to J. Michael Straczynski's credit, he was the head writer, everyone. And he also wrote... The first Halloween episode, when Halloween was ever was forever, to his credit, he said, "I'm not putting up with any of these changes. I'm leaving the show." And then he did. What is often missed, I think, by a lot of fans is that uh, he was in the same room with uh, Joe Medjuk, who is um, a producer and Ivan Reitman's right hand man. Uh, Joe Medjuk was ready to close it all down too. He's like, "I don't like any of these changes either. Like, I'm ready to say goodbye to all this." Someone from ABC was telling him, like. We are definitely going with these Q5 suggestions. If you don't make, like, I think they started with all these changes, but then, like, they had to, like, they had to bend the rules. Like, we can't get rid of Ray. That's Dan Aykroyd's character. You can't get rid of Dan Aykroyd's character yeah. on the cartoon. But anyway, uh, um, but, like, like if you don't make, we are sticking with these changes. If you don't make these changes, we will cancel this show, which is so stupid. It was this high-rated yeah. Saturday morning cartoon show for them. And as I, I forget where I found this quote, but um, Joe Medjuk, he finally changed his mind based on the fact that, like, we're employing dozens of people here, not to mention probably hundreds of people uh, overseas animating. Do I really want to, like, put these people out of a job? It's like, okay, so long as here are some of my few demands and then, like, We'll keep running the real Ghostbusters, and to a lot, what a lot of fans say is that then it immediately got worse. But what's funny to think about is like, it's the it seems like there's this longer stretch of the original show with you got Laura Summer as Janine in her original design, and you've got Lorenzo Music as Peter Venkman, yeah, who actually says jokes. That was only like they were only around for one year, doing a lot. And then the rest of the show, the rest after the changes and the Slimer cartoons, that went on for like almost another five years. However, like uh, um, it was way less content. So like the, 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 this whole one year by volume equals like the rest of the entire series, which I find kind of funny. Well, yeah, because I was looking at the episode breakdown just to see where this fell. And it kind of shocked me looking at it and realizing it's like, oh, this is pretty late in the game technically. Uh, from the season by season breakdown, 
but it's not really uh, in terms of the actual yeah, and you years. can't, and that's the other thing is that fans should not look at they should even use should not use the words season one, season two, season three, yeah. because this is the really weird part. Like, I mean, people would call this season three. I wouldn't call it that because this aired um, uh, like basically a year into the real Ghostbusters existing. Um, this is October of '87. Now it's been, it started up in the fall of '86. Uh, here's the other funny thing. The all of the um, syndicated episodes have not all aired yet. Yeah, there are episodes that are going to come out in December that still have Lorenzo music and uh, Laura Summer and have uh, their uh, her original design. It's crazy. So so like season, if you call it season two, see all of season two hasn't finished airing yet by the time that they're airing this updated form of the show. Well, and it, the funny thing is that knowing that there was the syndication package put, makes a lot of sense of things. And I can only, I mean, I'm sure it was done a number of times uh, to many shows, but the only other time I can remember is where there was like a network version and a syndicated version uh, uh, that were ostensibly the same show was the animated adaptation of The Mask that followed up on the Jim Carrey film where there were the CBS episodes uh, that ran for two seasons but they produced like 40 syndicated ones just to crank that many out uh, in this case there. And they had their own, even though they were, again, distinctly this is supposed to be the same show, the syndicated version had a completely different opening theme and intro uh, to it uh, at the same time. And it was such a weird, confusing time as a kid trying to figure out, it's like, well, why? Why are these, these okay. two different Okay, uh, thank you for pointing that out, because I didn't even know. I mean, I watched the occasional Mask episode, but I didn't even know that about that show. Um, everyone who worked on the real Ghostbusters, they figure that this was the first time that ever happened, that this situation ever happened for a cartoon show in America. Yeah. So well, they figure that, that real Ghostbusters was the first case of this. Well, and that, that's okay. I think the closest thing otherwise was Sonic the Hedgehog, where there was the ABC show... And then there was that syndicated thing uh, that co yeah. also ran at the same time, but that's a bit of a different. Uh, and that would be a few years later too. But and that would be that would be by Deke too. But like yeah. those are that's a weird case where they, I think they provided. Um, I know enough that they provided. Uh, here's the cool show with continuity and characters that you're gonna and also um it it uh sal i'm gonna get to it sally acorn the princess yeah who a lot of people maybe a certain certain fans fixate on way too much uh she is voiced by uh kath susie who is the new janine here yes so yeah so i'll introduce some of the new uh actors we have um arsenio hall is still around he's still around for a brief time um uh as winston in, uh, it would be next year in 88 that he uh, would get a syndicated talk show and it would debut in January of 89. So uh, we're towards the end of Arsenio Hall being on the show. But we have new cast members. We have Kath Susie. She's a pro and like now as an adult, whenever she shows up on a cartoon, I can always point out like, oh, there's Kath Susie. And um, everyone knows like uh, Laura Summer, the first Janine, I've... Uh, got a lot of fondness for her. She's recorded a bumper, an introduction for Reitman for the job. And she plays, you know, uh, she plays Janine being sassy and all that. And she was a real New Yorker. And I think she's fantastic. And uh, Janine was one of her bigger characters that she ever played. And then you have the newcomer, Kath Susie coming in and she's got a great voice. She does a lot of different things, but 
my my uh, problem is not with her. My problem is the direction of she plays the lady or mom. Like yeah. she is she is Slimer's mom in this show, and that sucks. Uh, but other roles she's had really briefly. I just mentioned like <laughs> something that people fo- two characters that baby people focus too much on. One is she's the original Lola Bunny for Space Jam, yeah. produced by Ivan Reitman. Um, she is uh, uh, Sally Acorn on the one version of Sonic. Uh, she was the Russian girl on Captain Planet. Yes. And uh, sh- uh, for lots of years and years, she was Kanga on Winnie the Pooh, and which which is basically just her mom voice again. And she's also the twins, Phil and Lil, on Rugrats, and that is Kath Susie. And funny enough, I've never once watched Rugrats, so that one completely slipped me by uh, in the 90s. Didn't have cable, folks. Um, but... I watched it sometimes. It was fine. But I mean, you know, I longed for the days of, I want Ninja Turtles and real Ghostbusters back at the time. But, it was, yeah. you know, it was fine. Yeah. But you know what we didn't necessarily want? Episodes of Full House. Which brings us probably to the other big casting change we should probably acknowledge right you now. You were, I saw you before. You were being meaner than I've ever been to. The, uh, uh, oddly enough, um, so Dave Coulier, Full House debuted, I think, in September of 87. So like... Full House had just started up, yeah. and it was into its second month at this point. But yes, Dave Coulier, uh, he is Uncle Joey, I guess. I, I couldn't remember which uncle was which. I think he Uncle was. Joey on Full House. Um, he was all, uh, But he was already doing other cartoons. He was um, some of the characters on Muppet Babies, including Animal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll give you my take. Um so again, same deal with um, the Janine situation. I do prefer Lorenzo music as uh, Peter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Part not because, and he doesn't sound like Bill Murray at all. But and like some people, there is a minority of people who don't like that he sounds just like Garfield, which of course he does. But I like it because you can't play up. I mean. Animated Peter also he he does want to go after women, but he's generally not he's not creepy about it. Yes. <laughs> unlike the unlike the movie, he's not creepy about it, and he can't be too too mean. Like he just has these little bon mal. Yeah, is that how you say it? He he just has these little jokes at people, so he can't be that mean. And I think he does very good for that his range and just being. Laid back, that is what you need to do. So here they've got Dave Coulier now, and he's trying to do a Bill Murray impression. Yes. And I think that puts, yeah, I think that puts a strain on his voice. And he can't, uh, there's two problems. One is that he can't um, get a range the same way Lorenzo Music could by trying to put on that voice. And secondly, it doesn't help that they've basically taken most of the, the jokes away from Peter now. So he's not saying anything funny. Well, and this is the thing, and I will give Coulier credit. He does sound like Bill Murray, but it's... He's the getting s- there, yeah. Yeah, he's getting there, but it's the same time, like, yeah, Lorenzo Music is playing a character more often than not, and I find Coulier, from what I remember mostly as a kid, it's like, he is much stiffer because, yeah, he is very tr- much trying to be Bill Murray and it doesn't quite work, uh, unfortunately, in his favor. And again, you know, I've come to respect what he did in the years since. I think he is a capable actor. At the same time, like, Dave Coulier exists in a very weird pocket of pop culture for those who were around in the 90s. Mm. Uh, there between both being on the real Ghostbusters, Full House, 
and his relationship with a certain Canadian singer uh, that we will not go into at this point in time. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, Dave Coulier, uh, a very complicated person. We will yeah. Um, a hard pill to swallow. A jagged little pill. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oddly enough, you know, um, it, saying something in his favor is um, when we get to the third and final uh, Halloween special, The Halloween Door, which came out in 1989 to basically, like, listen, Ghostbusters 2 came out. We got to do a Halloween special this year. Yeah. Um. So they still have him there. I think because it's a primetime special and they're spending way more money on it, they do a lot more takes, I bet. And they try to make sure the performances are very good. And it's... And Dave Coulier gives a very good impression, a very good um, performance as Peter Venkman because they, sp- I, I bet they like warmed him up and like spent more time. Like they didn't just have to do it. Like okay, a twenty-minute episode, you've got one hour to record tw- this twenty-minute episode. Yeah, like because they were probably doing like you know, uh, definitely two, often often way more episodes during the course of a day. For that one, like they spent the day on it, and like, and he gives a good, he gives a good performance in the Halloween door. Well, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh no, sorry, I was just gonna gonna agree with you there. So, but let's move on to guest stars. Uh, returning, we have Bill Martin from last year as it should be Sal Wayne, but we say Sam Hain on here. Uh, he is also the Sandman and the leader of the Trolls, the blue one on the real Ghostbusters um, Troll Bridge, and he co-wrote Harry and the Hendersons. Neat. Yep. Yep. And we're introduced to uh, everyone's favorite. Oh, yeah. The the other thing that was included in uh, Q5's thing is the Ghostbusters should hang out with kids. So let's have the junior Ghostbusters. And a lot of people can make a lot of fun of this. This is something that I I paid attention to just recently. Um, 87. This is also the year um, we've got Halloween two and a half. We've also got the, the second Boogeyman episode. The Boogeyman is back. Those are the only two real Ghostbusters proper episodes where the junior Ghostbusters show up. So is this their technically their for debut appearance in this case? Let me check because when did uh, Boogeyman is back debut? Because I the way I'm looking at this here, I mean, if this is a debut episode, boy, that uh, they did not get a good introduction. I will say that much if that's the case here, um, but. Um, the Boogeyman is back episode came, uh, before this, it aired in like the start of October. And then this is their second episode. It debuted at the end for Halloween. Yeah. And there is no introductory episode of the junior Ghostbusters, despite the fact that they talk about like Egon said this and Egon gave us this toy or or stuff like that. It's just the junior Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, so there's like, fine, we'll include kids. It's just the Boogeyman is back and Halloween two and a half. That's it for the real Ghostbusters adventures. They appear a lot more in the Slimer episodes. Yeah. And they've got they've got the simplified designs and like whatever. And you know like that's if you're going to if you're going to have to do Slimer episodes, that is the perfect spot for them because they can be off being friends with Slimer almost exclusively. Like like so that works out. It it, it was interesting cuz I had forgotten the fact that no, there there's only two uh, real Ghostbusters adventures proper with them. Uh, speaking, but speaking of there being no introduction to them, which is funny, and um, also the problem of syndicated episodes still appearing. There is a particular episode um, of the syndicated package towards the end. It's called Masquerade, and in it, a kid 
Kenny, I think his name is. Kenny uh, wants to be a Ghostbuster, and he tells all his friends that he is a Ghostbuster, and it's this little adventure. It's not a it's not a fantastic episode. And he goes and he makes friends with Peter, and then he gets into trouble at a haunted house, and the Ghostbusters, they, they work together, and then at the end, the, the, the gag at the end is that um, all the bullies get to see the kid, that he is friends with the Ghostbusters, and they say, thanks for the assist, and like that's, that's the episode. It's so funny because, uh, for two reasons, well, I mean, like, that debuts after this, in December, um, also, it could have served, if you had reworked it, it could have served perfectly as an introduction to the Junior Ghostbusters. Yeah. But they weren't thinking of that at the time. It was just like, a kid wants to be a Ghostbuster, that's it. And then you get to, like, sort of an evolution of this idea, but now it's it's uh, ABC mandated. It's like, okay, now they've got three little kids that are uh, friends. Which, speaking of which, so they brought back one of the actors. So, uh, uh, more actors. We've got three. This is the really weird thing. The cool kid, which one is the cool? The cool kid is named Donald, which is like wrong. The the yeah. nerdy kid should be named Donald, but whatever. So there's the cool kid and there's the girl. They are both voiced by actual kids. Uh, Donald, the cool kid, is Leonard Camarillo. Unfortunately, he hasn't done a whole lot of acting. He's in the movie Radio Flyer starring Elijah Wood. There we go. Uh, the girl, Catherine, she is played by April Hong. She is James Hong's daughter. Yes. I wish she was in more stuff because um, she's in. And this is a, you can tell why she's in a lot of the Kung Fu Panda productions as various characters because her father is Poe's father in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. So she's in a lot. So she's in a lot of the Kung Fu Panda stuff. She's um, in the Archer cartoon series. She's done a lot of stuff for Warcraft video games, but she's never she's never done a whole lot of voice acting or. I think she was in a uh, commercial once, like where she's marrying Fabio, though. But so there's that. But anyway, okay. That is that that is April Hong, uh, and finally we get to. So this is where those are both kids, but finally they brought back Katie Lee. Uh, I believe I'm saying her name right. It's L E I G H. Leah Lee. I don't know. Katie Lee. She is an adult, and she's playing a, a kid with these other two actual kids. So I found that funny. So she played the boy. Kenny in the episode Masquerade already. Yeah. So like they totally could have just made that one of the junior Ghostbusters, but they don't. Anyway, she uh various characters she's been. Uh she is the little yellow bear Sunny in Disney's Gummy Bears. Yep. She was she was already working with um uh, with uh, Dave Coulier. She was Ralph, uh the dog on Muppet Babies. She plays the little nerd uh, friend Honker on Darkwing Duck later. But Dave she has not just a famous role, I would say an infamous role. And I'm going to okay. take off my headphones a second here. I'm going to see if I can make this work. That in Honduras, you were accused of being a grave robber rather than an archaeologist. Well, the newspapers greatly exaggerated the incident. And wasn't it the Sultan of Madagascar who threatened to cut your head off if you ever returned to his country? No, it wasn't my head. Then your hands, perhaps. No, it wasn't my hands. It was my, my misunderstanding. Exactly what we have here, Dr. Jones. I have heard the evil stories of the thuggy cult. I thought the stories were told to frighten children. Later, I learned the thuggy cult was once real and did of unspeakable things. I'm ashamed of what happened here so many years ago, and I assure you, this will never happen again in my kingdom. If I offended you, then I am sorry. 
I, I, yeah, I'm afraid it was a no dice situation in this instance, but nuts. Okay, do you know what movie I was try? I was playing there. Not offhand. Ah, oh, damn it! It didn't work at all. I wanted to get you to laugh. What? I'll, I'll, I'll just insert the audio into the thing, but I just wanted to make you laugh. She's the prince in Temple of Doom. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. That's uh, why I wanted to play that. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, uh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm so, everyone. Yeah, my my. Well, I was trying to set up a joke to make Dave laugh, <coughs> and then Ross died. I wanted to set up a joke and make Dave laugh because she voiced, she uh, dubbed the little prince. Not not Lipity Prince. The the prince in Temple of Doom, and I hate that voice, and it doesn't work. Yeah, so she the, uh, that is Katie Lee, and she plays the nerd boy here, Jason. Yeah, yeah, and I I will say uh, as we get into this, uh, I have some very strong thoughts about the Junior Ghostbusters, which will continue the bizarre streak of. Me insisting that, no, I actually, you know, like children, and yet somehow every time we discuss them, all I can say is nothing but terrible things about their appearance in fiction here as well. I mean, what if the Newsboy Legion existed in the Ghostbusters world but sucked? Uh, so, uh, here's a question. What is your favorite, like, movie or thing starring children, then? That is a good question. Uh, you know, is there... I've never seen the Goonies, so I don't like. I've never. I don't know that one. See, and I'm not even huge on the Goonies. I say, like, it's probably you know, it's going to be something like, I mean, Grave of the Fireflies or Paper House. You know, things that aren't really children's films but feature kids. Uh, it's part of the it. plot. You like the kids in it? Yeah, I, actually, the kids in it are really, really good. That might be uh, this, huh, okay. uh, in this uh, the answer in this case, but yeah. Uh, generally, kids in films aimed at children, though, no, no, no. It doesn't tend to go terribly well with me uh, in this case. I mean, okay, does the young, or the young Sherlock, Adventures of Young Sherlock Holmes count, or? I have never seen that. All right, well, we'll I, put, don't, I don't know. We'll table that one for now here, folks. Um, but, oh, wait, no, the children in some of the Gamera sequels are okay. Um, like I said, you know, when they're driving a mini-sub, that counts. There we go. There, we, we well, that's found... all of them. They're always driving the mini-sub. There we go, yes. Uh, so, okay, in that instance. Heads up for everyone, like, what are we going to talk about this Christmas? It's Gamera movies, yeah. Exactly, and that godforsaken anime but we'll get there um <laughs> you haven't finished watching it yet i did yeah I, i'd rather i would rather watch um the the junior ghostbusters than gamera rebirth i don't disagree with you for a change so we found the positive silver lining in all of this folks yes um, and i guess we should finally after uh messing around for so long we should probably just watch the cartoon are you ready i am ready okay we're watching and everyone he's watching on youtube on a on just a random channel i'm watching on properly on a dvd dave i thought you liked physical media i i do unfortunately uh as people may or may not be aware i have recently moved i am still unpacking things and i am still needing to get my dvd copies of the real ghostbusters out so that that is my defense in this instance um well that's my story and i'm sticking to it um you're going all YouTube. You're just just all in on YouTube. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, let's yep. let's watch together, everyone. In three, two, one, play. 
Oh, I got to turn down the audio of it. Yep. There's that little ghost dancing around. He's so happy until they slap the logo on him. Yeah, and then his nose disappears and his legs disappear. I mean, what can happen uh, when you have a no ghost logo? Uh, that was a terrible joke. But uh, man, you know the setup of this. And look, there's still there's still the old version of Janine. Yeah. Despite the fact that as soon as the episode starts, she will not have those glasses. Did they ever actually update the intro to reflect? Oh the yes, they. Oh yes, they did. Um, okay. I I forget what year it is. They um, update it and. It looks pretty good, but like this is the better opening. Yeah. In the new opening, um, they bust like a few of the ghosts from the series, including Sam Hain. Sam Hain now, instead of the Marshmallow Man, Sam Hain becomes part of Slimer and the real Ghostbusters opening. Oh man, you know, the way to bring down like much like any you know classic monster, it all just goes downhill from there. They become a joke over time. So okay, Halloween two and a half, a joke on the Halloween series. Um, Pamela Hickey and Dennis McCoy, they're a married couple, and they've done a lot of uh, cartoons writing together, so I find that cute. Ah, uh, the Pippin Jane Baker of the uh, cartoon world. There we go. Everything becomes Doctor. I know that's Doctor Who. Yes, it Everyone is. else is like, well, who are you talking about? It's like, he's ta- Dave's talking about Doctor Who people. We are talking about and the creator of the Ronnie, but yes. The Ronnie. I had no idea. You, you and your British Britishisms. <laughs> um, like when they're running by the street here, they look at their best. So like, obviously they spent like some of the best, like a little amount extra time and a little extra money just for like 10 seconds of the kids running across the street. Yeah. Which, but uh, right off the bat, I mean, like these kids get on my nerves <laughs> right away here. Like, I get that, I mean, Slimer is going to be Slimer. Fine, you're not going to do this. But, like, these kids just, like, this is not what a kid in the 1980s acted like, folks. I'm sorry. This just was not the case. This is, you know, 50s nostalgia being projected onto what the adults thought youth was like at this There was time. a lot of cartoons like that. Yeah. Um, the goblins they run into here, I mean, in the little bit of putting thought into this cartoon. Those are the same monsters who released Sam Hain yeah. in the first cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. Which I thought they were going to do more with that in this case. Yeah. And yeah. No, no, they just really just show up to make that continuity point And then once they have their, per- they've served their function, they pretty much disappear with no other role. Uh, so we can instead spend our time with these three irritants. Um, but I mean, I love it that we like Slimer more than the kids. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the charm of Frank Wilker goes a long way. Uh, You're right about that. But uh, also this, you know, clearly not Groucho Marx costume that Slimer has going for himself here. Uh, (laughs) I guess the idea that a ghost dressing up as a ghost is the mildest of mild, mildly funny things. As as you pointed this out already, and like this is uh, to me too, is like... Slimer says, hey, I think there's monsters over there that are bad news. And, like, everyone goes, like, Slimer, shut up. We don't want to hear it. Yeah, it's not like the supernatural exists, for goodness sake. I mean, yeah, like, if anything, not to mention that these are junior Ghostbusters, quote-unquote. You would think for some uh, individuals who have that Well, they are running after after them now. But, yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, their first their first instinct is to not believe Slimer. Their friend, who is also a ghost, is yeah. like, "Come on." 
Well, exactly. And I mean, look, to talk about our individual in the This Island Earth knockoff costume here, uh, Kenny, if I'm remembering the character's name correctly here, like, just what... You mean the nerd? Is that... That's Jason. Jason. Okay, yeah. Like, in this particular case, like, there's that stereotype of the the whiner character who's too scared to be there, but, like, again... Junior Ghostbusters, why, like, if you're part of this, you kind of expect that this is going to happen. And also, why are these adults, uh, again... The The whole situation of the party is funny. Well, first off, the Ghostbusters costumes and Janine's are not very good. Like, they're just kind of druids. Yeah. And the weird musketeer in the back. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, to a kid, I get it that... Of course, the Ghostbusters would have the coolest Halloween party because they're the Ghostbusters. But if you think about it, it's like, no, no, they don't want people hanging around their office with their dangerous equipment. And also, like, who are all their friends? The Ghostbusters, I don't think, really have adult friends. Well, that's the thing. Like, they would not be, you know, holding what is clearly a packed shindig like this. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. if anything, Venkman would be probably, I mean, if it's the feature film version, uh, basically be trying to seduce somebody probably in a bar somewhere on Halloween night, uh, which... There's one from the back there. It looked like a scarecrow just like straight from Batman animated a few years later. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, you can tell, like, yeah, what was sort of in the zeitgeist yeah. uh, of everybody's mind at that point. The Our faux Robins and superheroes in the background there. Um yeah. But here they don't they don't believe Slimer again. Yeah. And then they go down to the contain like also Slimer, like you, you do live here. You can talk to Egon. Don't talk to the kids. Talk to Egon about this. Yeah. And this is here's a part that always things like this will sometimes bug me. Slimer is he's trying the doorknob, he's gonna f- go through the wall, and all his stuff, his costume just goes with him. Yeah. I like it better and, and the sh- of course the cartoon is incredibly inconsistent on when stuff related to Slimer goes through a wall or not. Yeah. Here it went through. Um, also, like, we've established another, most famously, um, Mrs. Rogers' Neighborhood, like this whole very great solid uh, security system on the containment unit, to like, which was like sort of addressing the problem in the movie that you could just switch it off. Here, now they're just back to like, no, nah, you can just switch it off. Yeah, which is unfortunate there. I mean, again, I get it. You've got 20 minutes, basically. Yeah, they're moving fast. Yeah. And here we've got this guy, Sam Hain. And they clearly clearly love him saying Ghostbusters because, my God, they worked in every opportunity for him to say that word in that particular pronunciation. That mouth. (laughs) Yes. Like, like, for the stuff that works, like, they definitely keep the creep factor in terms of the design and how he sort of behaves uh, in this thing. It's just, unfortunately... Like, there barely is actually a story this time out for him to do. Like, the plot is just get things going. There's a a monster so that we can follow these kids for the most part uh, to handle the situation. Uh, I'm sounding way more negative than I am because this is a fun The Ecto-1 is missing its logo at the side there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Um, As a kid, I did appreciate I was um, um, the idea of ghosts taking over and transforming the firehouse because like the firehouse to me seemed cool. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so transforming it into an evil castle that seemed cool and, um, and, uh, 
freaky to me as a kid, but like, yeah, there's, there's not a lot to this episode otherwise. Yeah, unfortunately. And you can tell that, yeah, some of the, uh, monster or ghost designs here, maybe not their strongest effort, uh, this time out where it's like, yeah, we, we, we gotta crank this thing up fast. We don't yes. have time for complicated work on this one here, folks. Um, it did surprise me. I know we talked about this a bit here, but hearing Dave Coulier alongside Arsenio Hall, it just it really did take me by surprise rewatching oh, this. Oh, okay. Because I just remember there being like, it felt like there was such a distinct uh, difference between those two eras. Um, yeah, yeah, that I know they do. They're, there's different eras of, but they're, they're like, our childhood seems like this wider. Um, more vast amount of time when in fact is like, no, no, we're talking about 86 and 87 here. Like this is not. Yeah. The... Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, uh, I, I like it that they, they, um, the Ecto one's missing its license plate now. Yeah. I, I like it that they shot uh, lights at it. Cause they remembered that uh, light can stop Sam Hain, but it's got a force field to apparently stop it this time. But then later on in the episode, just when they're towards the end is like, now there's no force field anymore. We can just shoot into it. It's fine. Well, and that's the thing. Like this, this is such a haphazardly plotted episode, particularly compared to the last one. Which, okay, that one had issues. Like, why is Egon able to you know swipe a spotlight with seemingly zero resistance or need for permits? Where uh, were those spotlights coming from? Yeah, yeah. That this is the only time I've ever seen um, ghost traps that are like. Uh, attached to the rear of Ecto One like that. Well, and, I don't think we ever see them again. Well, and I and that's the thing. Like one of the things I do really enjoy about the show is those little touches there. And it was always struck me as like I kept thinking if you were gonna bring Ghostbusters back uh, for another feature film, what they should really do is have like a converted uh, uh, fire uh, truck that would act as like a portable containment unit. Uh, that they would have. That was an idea that was that uh, you and Dan, Ak you and Dan Aykroyd should talk to it together sometimes. Okay. I think that was, that was, actually... uh, that was included as an idea. I don't think they're, they're not, they're very shy about introducing a new vehicle. Now they might yeah. do it in the new movie. I don't know, but I think they're, they're shy about introducing a new vehicle now because they did the 2016 movie and then people didn't like changes and, yeah. Um, they didn't like changes and even the fact of having a new car. So now like it's gotta be Ecto one is like, well, sure. But like, you know, you can have another vehicle too. It's fine. Well, and that's what I mean. Like I, I, I well, we'll, we'll save a discussion of that. The, uh, the current status. The junior <laughs> Ghostbusters badges are on the left side instead of the right. Like the, the adults. Yeah. Well, they yeah. gotta earn that, you know, placement, man. Uh, in this case, oh god, they've got rings. Ugh. You, I loved it that the, this is a problem for you because this is like Little Orphan Annie, yeah, um, Dick Tracy back in the radio days kind of stuff. As you said, like this is this is a couple of baby boomers writing what they think uh, kids. I mean, and like, yeah, fine, they get it a bit wrong, whatever. Their little go kart here, it yeah. reminds me a lot of uh, I, st I still have. Um, Ecto-3 is a weird vehicle on the show that pops up a few times, but the toy Ecto-3 was this little go-kart that had fly swatter uh, mitts. Yeah. On th Their car looks like the toy Ecto-3. See, here I was thinking we were going to go to the, it was, it reminds me of the Soapbox ep uh, Derby Racer episode of The Simpsons, but... Uh... <laughs> that too. Yeah. Some of those words there on the computer are um, Japanese... Um, words thrown in by the animators just written out one uh let me have a look because i did write it down as a note like um uh, 
Yamate uh, is a neighborhood in Yokohama. Kuroteru means insane. So they were just throwing in whatever Japanese words they wanted on the computer there. Okay. Man, like, where are these kids' parents? Like, anywhere? Just, you know, you know, it's it's Halloween in New York City. I personally would, you know, even without, you know, ghosts roaming the street, this might not be the best thing to just let them go wandering about the neighborhood without any supervision uh, here. They're all orphans. That's how they got those rings. Ah, damn it. Um, yeah, you're going to pull the orphan card on this one, aren't you? Um, it's not a card. It's rings. But I'm dumb. Ayo. Um, the so. clubs. Get the car going here. And that weird flat top haircut. Uh, <laughs> I think he looks crazy. weirder out, out of his costume than he did in the costume. Yeah. And that is Katie Lee again. That is, uh, uh, I heard that in India, <laughs> Dr. Jones, oh, this will never happen again. <laughs> sure it won't. Sure it won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, coffee. Supermarket instead of supermarket. See, that voice is like, you can talk about the racism in Temple of Doom or how scary it is, but no, like, just that voice is like the worst part of Temple of Doom to me. Well, I may not go quite that far, but it certainly does not help that film. Uh, I was... Indian food is like some of the most delicious food in the world. And what does Steven Spielberg do? He like He's like, what if you ate snakes and monkey brains? It's like, that is not... <laughs> Like Spielberg, that is not representative of Indian food, guys. Like Spielberg and Lucas were really not working some stuff out on one. Like they were, uh, yeah, that was a dark place for them, uh, folks. And it, yeah, their worst tendencies were utterly indulged in this. Um, at least we still got Maurice LaMarche here. Uh, thank God, as Egon yeah, is. and Frank Welker uh, sticking around as Slimer and Ray. They, yeah, they kept Ray. Well, exactly. I mean, you know what? The best to have them there in this case. You know, you think you could drop the costumes here, folks, as well. I mean, I know it, it's it, it's it, odd that they're stuck in those dumb robes the entire episode. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, crisis mode here. You you can switch to the uniform. Um, I do love it. It's funny to me that um, the camera is in Slimer's mouth. That's yeah. funny. Which is not a bad idea overall, but it's the, and again, you know, I can go with it. It's cartoon logic. It works in this place here. Um, oh, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But this positive reinforcement of Slimer, it's like, yeah, it, like I, Peter's like, Hey, way to go. Little guy is like, no, you should be uh, giving him a hard time. It's uh, back to um, the, the next Halloween special, the Halloween door. Like Peter goes back to saying real jokes. Thanks to Straczynski. They got him back for that one. And they said, like he said, no studio notes. They said, no, no notes of any kind. And so he wrote it like a proper uh, uh, Ghostbusters story. And Peter and Slimer are fighting and there's funny jokes and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm... not this one. Now, now it's like, hey, little buddy. Yeah. No, it's it's a, basically Peter underwent some training, Um, you know, may or may not have been court ordered Uh, in this case. We, we will say uh, he was told to. Yeah. How to. um treat women respectfully not to you know stick around in their apartment and insult them and yeah like yeah just <laughs> demand kisses from clients yeah yeah i mean it's good that he took those lessons to heart uh there uh just they don't necessarily apply to slimer at any rate um yes the 
these again some of these designs are nice for yeah those are cool designs there yeah yeah Yeah, so i mean there is stuff to enjoy here and i again one of the things i do like about the show even at this point is how consistently dark the lighting and uh coloring on the show is here as well and i mean certainly helps that it's that old cell style animation with painted backdrops uh that we do not get anymore uh unfortunately uh in animation it feels like i think i've told you that i have i only have one cell of animation from any show and it's from real ghostbusters i don't know i don't know um which episode it is and i don't have a background to go with it because obviously yeah sometimes sometimes you don't always get a background because you could paint one background for you know a few dozen or hundreds of 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 a white of a walk cycle or something but it's a nice sell because it's all four of the ghostbusters oh, nice. all in uniform and they've all got there and they're all looking up at something and so that and that's it um so i've got this nice real ghostbusters cell and i if i ever <laughs> take way too much time really investigating i could figure out which episode it's from but now this is funny too um egon's gonna say right here is like wait that's what i've been looking for the keystone and like zoom in on a pillar yeah which a a a pillar is not it i think there was a and this happens every so often i think there was a miscommunication between the script said keystone which should be like part of the wall it should actually be a corner of the building but instead, they're like, a pillar works. So, like, they should have called it a pillar then. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, it basically, like, you know what? Like, it, this is very much just, uh, you know. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. Ecto-1 lost its logo. It's got it back now, but it had it missed its logo for a second there. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, it's going to be very handy when they're just able to shoot through like an open window into like it, it it's 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 a bit of uh Luke Skywalker shooting into the the Death Star's porthole or whatever except that here it's like an open window yeah you ever get the feeling that Jason Reitman really liked the Junior Ghostbusters by any chance I might add um uh, you know what like uh um some small props to him he include now this okay well actually Got to stop for this. This is the dumbest part. Like, yeah. we're gonna fake him out. We're gonna pretend to surrender and drop the proton packs. Why? This doesn't accomplish anything. No. Because then Slimer gets up and bothers Sam Hain. Okay, good. He's he bothered him. And then, oh, I hate you, Slimer. Get get him. I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. Please. Okay. Uh, well, they're 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 taking their time to get back to the Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters, like, they took off their proton packs. There's no reason to do that. They just like put them back on. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, there they go. Yeah. There it's like ah, our our, our ruse worked. Apparently, yes. Yeah, but on J. Oh, and also just now the force field is just gone. Like yeah. the thing that stopped them before is not stopping them now. But to give Jason Reitman some credit is like you know what? Oh, there's the goblins again. Um, he thought enough like. As as a very small Easter egg, he included um, the Bug Eye Ghost, a toy, in a clip of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. That was one of the we know that was one of the last shots too. That was that's a very convenient shot to make just through the open window. Yeah. Uh, so they include the purple Bug Eye Ghost. So like a toy. So obviously he has some love. Like hey, listen, I know some of you were kids like me growing up at, at this time like here's here's one of the toys and it's a real ghost on the film now and then also like the uh, the cartoon never had um 
a door that swung open like that or a, or a seat that worked. Actually, you know where that's from? Another famous, very famous cartoon is like, that's the Ninja Turtles van. Yeah. In the first se- in the first season of Ninja Turtles. But I think it really does. Co- I, I'm wondering if he like he's he's basically our age. He he might have been watching Ninja Turtles actually at the time. But um, it does call to mind like the toy where you put the seat on the roof and now just slime lets the kids go through. That's, like, yeah. Sure. OK. So, yeah, yeah, that's how we're doing it here. Um, so obviously, like you know what? Like I, I give him some props for that as much as Ghostbusters Afterlife didn't it didn't make me laugh that much um he was thinking of like no the ghostbusters did have some of these adventures L- something like the cartoon did happen yeah it's like i thought that was cute well <laughs> that's the thing like i don't like to get down on that film i just it was kind of feels like a real misunderstanding of what the main appeal of the the the, the film and the show was uh at its height like i mean there's not much in the way of jokes here, uh, as yeah. we've you've noted here throughout. There you can see the placement of the containment unit in the basement there with everything else. That was interesting. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't done an episode talking about my opinions of Afterlife yet. Which like, there are some good things. I wish I do wish it was a comedy talking about. It's a love letter to Harold Ramis, and it's a love letter to the first movie. Is like I don't need a love letter to the first movie. I can just watch the movie. Yeah, well, and that's exactly what it comes down to. It's really weighed down by its nostalgia. It's like, oh yay, we just uh, saved the day, so let's just go back to the party, you know, and not try and you know maybe get some sleep at this point. Like, I mean, seriously. Uh, I, again, I get it, kids' cartoon, but like this had to have taken at least a couple hours, right? Right. I, I would imagine you, you, on Halloween, nobody wants to hang out with anyone more than the Ghostbusters. Like, hey, who's the most the Halloweenist uh, group in New York? It's got to be the Ghostbusters. So, like, let's hang out with them. Well, it must be yeah. because the streets are noticeably abandoned of traffic uh, throughout this entire episode here as well. Uh, but uh, yes, in these ending credits, still, you know, it took me for years to realize where they got the idea to do these ending credits from realizing it was the Ray Parker Jr. video. Uh, they're not quite doing the same moves. Yeah. I love it. They're traveling at like a hundred miles an hour. Like, like they're, they're passing by like 50 people with every step, which is funny. Yeah. So the perspective is off there. But yeah, like I... I, I no one has ever said it, but like I agree with you a hundred percent. That is what it is supposed to be. Like you might as well animate in a little Ray Parker Jr. to to walk along with them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like honestly, I'm still kind of shocked they never did an episode where it's like like literally the Ray Parker Jr. writes the jingle for the Ghostbusters episode writes itself. Like that honestly should have been something they did at some point. That uh, would have been a good. Uh, that would have been a good idea. I know they didn't quite do that because start off like okay yes we're d- it, the only reason that the only reason that we still remember the Ghostbuster song today everyone as I like I I did uh, talking about the movie is the main reason that we still remember that song today and that it didn't just die away like the Men in Black theme is because the filmation cartoon and they were very concerned kids not get confused. No, the remember the real Ghostbusters. This is the these are the these are the guys from the movie. This is the, and this is the car from the movie, and this is the song from the movie. Like you, you're gotta remember that this is the move. This is the song from the movie. So like we are gonna pay the big bucks to get the rights to the song. Are you gonna pay for the master? 
eh, let's get someone else to sing it and to do <laughs> yeah. and to do a smaller version. So so there's so starting with that, they're not gonna pay the big the biggest bucks for the master of the song. And then um they did an album for the the ABC episodes and it was Joe Magic again. He he did he talked to uh, Ray Parker Jr. Hey, do you want to be in charge of this um album? It's you know it's kid fair stuff, but it's for the cartoon show. Ray Parker Jr. said no, I won't. But here I've got my friend, um, also from Detroit. Uh, I should probably remember his name. Huey Lewis. Um... Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I could not resist. Yeah. The old Ghostbusters album. Who was... Because it, it was his friend. Um... Ollie E. That's it. Ollie E. Brown. Because... And not to not to disparage Ollie E. Brown, but you watch the Ghostbusters music video, and there's all these celebrities, and there's a few music celebrities where you can tell, oh, Ray is friends with that person. And then here's this guy named Ollie E. Brown is like, who's Ollie E. Brown? Is like, they grew up together. He's being very nice to his friend Ollie E. Brown, and uh, but he gets his friend, who's, who's uh, I'm sure is very talented, Ollie E. Brown, to produce the the uh, music for the real Ghostbusters little little kid soundtrack. And and Ollie Brown for back, he said like, hey Ray, can you do a guitar solo on one of the songs? And Ray said like, yes, I will I will do that. I will do a guitar solo on one of the songs for there. But so uh, so I like he just wasn't about to come and really work with the cartoon show. Yeah. Speaking of which like sometimes you, you learn some things as as the years go by, like not everyone has the best relationship with each other. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think um, everyone involved with making Ghostbusters work. By which I mean, what, 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 uh, a few years ago, I mean the Reitmans and Joe Medjuk, um and like Ghost Corps. I don't think they've got the best working relationship with uh, Ray Parker Jr. Like the, like every so often is like, okay, here's a new product. The licensor can pay to use your song. That's that's what it is. But like otherwise, they 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 did not ask him to work on Ghostbusters two. Yeah, they got him to the song shows up in um, Ghostbusters Afterlife again and all that. Like, but like think about this way: Has Ray Parker Jr. ever made a cameo in a Ghostbusters movie? No. Yeah, that that's that's crazy to me because like. Talk about the fifth Ghostbuster. I mean, if the Ghostbuster, if the fifth Ghostbuster isn't Ivan Reitman, then the fifth Ghostbuster at this point is Ray Parker Jr. They should have him, have him in the next movie show up in the firehouse and like ask them for a job. Not, not. I don't mean ask them for a job. Ask them to to clear out his apartment or something, right? Like, yeah. he should he should be in a Ghostbusters movie making a, ca- making a cameo, and they haven't invited him yet. And, like, I hope the, I hope the next Ghostbusters movie proves me wrong, but, like, I don't know. It would be nice if it did. I mean, his importance is impossible to overstate, yes. without question there. And, you know, it's, yeah, it would be the nice thing to do. But I think as one of the, the great discoveries of getting older and, reading about your heroes is, is that, yeah, I mean, seeing how they traded uh, individuals like Paul Feig after the fact and uh, Leslie Jones, I somehow don't think that uh, the best uh, choices are going to be made uh, going forward, unfortunately. I think Ernie Hudson's basically lucked out by 
basically outliving uh, some and pretty much being uh, in the position to, yeah, I'll do it and I will be a little bit cheaper than paying some of the other individuals involved uh, in all of this. And I'm sure and it's, it's great. <clears throat> He's got leverage. He can demand a higher um, a higher fee. Yeah. But he can't but he can't demand a cut, which is and that uh, uh, everyone like. Like, why hasn't Rick Moranis showed back up again? But, like, let me tell you, he's showing up. He's going to show up uh, Avengers style. Like, who is, like, like the big reveal? Like, Spider-Man's back and uh, Black Panther's here. Like, all your friends are back. Like, it's going to be the big reveal when Rick Moranis steps through a doorway and, like, comes into the next uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. Yeah. And he's going to be there for, like, five or ten minutes and, like, Peace. Have a good adventure. I'm out, guys. But like, they're paying. Disney's paying him the big bucks for that, and Sony doesn't pay him the big bucks to show up again in Ghostbusters. Speaking of which, uh, um, I haven't talked a lot about Afterlife, but it's very cute. Janine shows up at the farmhouse, and she's like, like, oh, I knew your dad, and all that sort of stuff. But you know who that was gonna be if they could get him, right? That makes more sense as Rick Moranis. But that makes more sense as Lewis because guess who's guess who a, who the attorney would be? Right. Yes. He's I... a lawyer. He. I mean, <laughs> I went to night school. Uh, like uh, that. That totally. In, draft one is like okay. This. I'm. I'm sure. Like right off the bat, Jason Reitman knew. Like otherwise, this is gonna be Janine if we can't get Rick Moranis. But like, I've got kind of two veins of dialogue here. Like otherwise, my a. My main desire, I want it to be uh, Lewis coming back, because it also makes sense if Lewis was in that scene and didn't show up at the end as well. But anyway, eh. yeah. Well, the real shocker for you is going to be when the next Honey I Shrunk the Kids film comes out, and instead they've got Peter Scolari showing up uh, as uh, Zelensky instead uh, as Peter uh, or as Wayne Zelensky uh, there. Is he the guy who played it on the TV show? Yes, he was. Uh, Thank you. Like I don't know, I don't know who you're talking about, but like I just picked up on context as like. I think you mean the Honey I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, back to yeah. yeah, back to Ray Parker Jr. Like, it was like Ross, what are you talking about? That like they're not getting along. Uh, well, what I mean is that like right off the bat, Ghostbusters is is um <laughs> is the hit song of of the summer of 1984. Columbia Pictures lawyers approach Ray Parker Jr. Can we own that song? No. Yep. <laughs> Why would I sell you my song? It's my song, and for we're approaching 40 years and like good for him like yeah it's his song well <laughs> it's yeah. kind of his song yeah <laughs> Huey's over in the corner just staring there getting himself his uh you know a bit of the punch from the bowl uh but uh but yeah you're... I would like to that of, of big mysteries of back in the day of Ghostbusters that and we'll never figure this out because he's under a gag order but um I would like to know if and it, I think it was Ivan Reitman directly because he put, uh, I want a new drug. He told, he told, uh, Shelly Kahn, the editor to put, I want a new drug, um, in the montage scene. And they had the montage scene set to timed to, I want a new drug. One that won't make me sick, which is why the beat for Ghostbusters works so well because it's the same beat. Yeah, and they showed that to Ray Parker Jr. But I want what uh, like of of top ten mysteries I want to know. Like one is I want to know did Ivan Reitman and his people call up Huey Lewis and say, can we, uh, can we have you do a song or can we have I want a new drug? 
because we're not we're uh, uh, um, Huey Lewis has said some comments. He said they wanted something from me and they couldn't have it. In the end, I guess they bought it anyway because they bought me off. Is like that's his quote. So like it's sort of he sounds like he's get he's approaching the fact, uh, approaching the line of, yeah they they asked me for the song and I turned them down initially, but we don't quite have that definite confirmation that he was asked first. Yeah, no, I mean it would pr- make the most sense uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, can you imagine real Ghostbusters and like cut ins with I want a new drug, <laughs> one that won't make me sick. <laughs> Yeah, one that won't make me crash my car or make me feel something, something. Thick. I can't. I, I don't know. I don't know all the words. That would be so funny if, like this, this off-brand "I want a new drug" was the real Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be amazing. But yes, uh, history worked out for the best for all involved. I think we can safely say, uh, in this case, there. But uh, except for Peter Scolari. Um But anyways. Uh, <laughs> What else is it? Okay, you know these obscure actors. Is he British? No, is that no. why Was he on Doctor Who and Torchwood? No. Is that why you know this guy? Oh, God, no. He was on Newhart and his big uh, claim fame. He was oh. the co-star on Bosom oh. Buddies with Tom Hanks. Well, I, I've... <laughs> I died again. I, I have never seen Bosom Buddies, but whatever. But, um... Oh, okay, so because wearing glasses, he was the pompous guy on Newhart, was he? I think so. Uh, the pompous neighbor to the like the hotel. That makes okay. I get it now. Okay, fine. Oh, and apparently he's dead. Okay, so my joke is in even worse taste than it was before. Um, so, um, that is the. <laughs> that's the I don't have a curse difference. on my show. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a curse. Like it was just <laughs> Ivan Reitman, but I talked about Ivan Reitman for a solid like. Two, three years before he died, yeah. and none of the others, knock on wood, none of the others have died yet while I'm talking. Meanwhile, you talk about Peter Scolari, oddly, and, and I'm sure everyone listening to this will be going like, like the Scolari brothers in Ghostbusters 2. He's, he's the third ghost. He pops up with their, ah, I'm electrocuted too. Yep, there we are. It all comes together here, folks, uh, In the uh, at the end of the day there. Um that's the film strips difference. Um, but yes, um, man, we went off on some weird tangents with this one, didn't we tonight, folks? Um, but. we had a lot of fun tonight, folks. Yeah. But you know what's not fun? Getting razor blades in your Halloween candy. So yeah. you got to watch out for that. Got to watch out for. Hey, if you've got a friendly ghost living with you, and he says, "Hey, I think those there's monsters over there." You should probably listen because, like, you're already living with a ghost. So listen yeah. to your friendly ghost, exactly. your Casper. Listen to Peter Scolari. Um, I'm sorry, uh, but <laughs> this just went really dark. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have abused myself uh, more than anything else. At any rate, um, do you have any other? Um, <laughs> do you have any hits and pits on real Ghostbusters? Um. Not really. Like I like honestly, it's a serviceable episode. It's not a yeah. great one, um, but there is far, far worse uh, that this uh, both from this show and the, what you can watch in terms of animation. And look, for, I think for young kids, they will enjoy this one quite fine. If you're looking for a Halloween treat for them, so you know, like it's great because um, 
yeah, lately, all of October, um, I'm, my kids have, have watched Real Ghostbusters on the DVDs and all that, but at snack time, like, Real Ghostbusters on CTV uh, player, uh, uh, watching the Real Ghostbusters at snack time has been the go-to for my kids in October, so we've watched this one and a bunch of others, and they 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 like the Real Ghostbusters, and then we got you got to watch... It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and uh, Garfield Halloween special. Absolutely. Gotta watch all these. Oh, absolutely! There, and which has Lorenzo music. It's got the voice you want to hear. It's like, come on, Odie, let's go get some candy, 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 candy. Yep, exactly. There, um, can't wait for. Uh, oh, which? Uh, oh, never mind. Anyways, ignore me. I'll get Lorenzo some- music has been dead for like. Yeah. 20 25 years so like we're okay like we can't put that one on us no no that one's on us i was gonna say uh the upcoming voice of the new voice of garfield uh as it were uh chris uh oh not hemsworth not pine not evans uh pratt, pratt thank you there we go because he's a real pratt Hey-o. yeah like yeah man is just getting his slimy fingers and every and everything he's He's uh, Garfield and Mario, and I don't like it. I like I got nothing against him, but I I just don't hear Garfield. I do. Uh, he <laughs> is um he's related to a lot of famous people. He's related to. Hold on, who is uh? Because being a Church of Latter Day Saints, he is um he's like a distant a distant cousin of Don Bluth. The animator, who is eighty-six years old, so, uh, Don Bluth, you know, um, Secret of Nim and yeah. and uh, uh, what Spielberg, what, what um, <laughs> Little Rats Come to America, what's it called? <laughs> Fievel, yeah, an American tale. Fievel. That's a yeah. yeah. So so he's a distant cousin of Don Bluth, and also um, who who's that guy who ran for him for president? Mitt uh, Romney. He's a cousin. Yeah, he's a cousin oh of Mitt God. Romney. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I guess I could cut out this. Like this is this isn't the interesting stuff. Every everything before this was the interesting stuff. It was like Chris Pratt is related to uh, to Don Bluth and uh, and uh, Mitt Romney. Yeah. You know the guy who killed Sears. <laughs> yes. Oh. He did. And you know I I was that's that's my joke on um, millennials is like millennials are ruining the economy is like yeah well guess what it took like a small group of of uh, baby boomers to kill sears you know the company that was like 120 years old sears yeah so exactly yeah oh man yeah so but on that note we should probably you know what are you handing out for halloween at your new house uh candy i've got candy bags all set and ready to go what kind of candy Got to make sure it's good, not like the... You want to be popular. You don't want to be like, oh, that Dave... That old Miss... Cranky old Mr. Babbitt. He gives out peanuts. He's trying to get me killed. I'm allergic to peanuts. Yeah, there there are no rockets involved here, folks. I've saved everybody the trouble of having that, uh, and it's not suckers. It's actual, like, chocolate bars and little things. Like, not the big ones, but that. Yeah, okay. That's fair. You'd have to explain to Americans what you mean by a rocket, because that's not the same thing. Uh, For Americans, that's Smarties. For Canadians, that's rockets, because Smarties are like M&Ms. Yes, exactly there, yeah. Now, the the rockets, I'm talking about these chalky, awful-tasting things here in Canada that are just, ugh. 
you know, got them all the time for Halloween, and they've always sucked um, for, for the most part. Like, just just give out sweet tarts, folks. Okay, if you're gonna give anything like that, give. I a guess sweet those tart. are the better version of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've got um, uh, we've got chocolate bars. We also have actually. I ended up with um, for party favors for uh, one of my kids' birthdays this year. Um, they're little eggs, and inside are uh, little dinosaur erasers. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So they're just the little 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 eraser thing. So nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway, the real Ghostbusters. We've we've had a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> Some people have died along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yes. Uh, but on that note. You know, happy Halloween, folks. Thank you for joining us as we explored this, uh, another Halloween episode of The Real Ghostbusters. Uh, yes, thank you very much. I'm sure we'll get to the third and final one, The Halloween Door, which is, it's the best one. It's it's maybe the best episode of The Real Ghostbusters. It is certainly um, the one that when they realize, like, this is going to be a primetime special on the year that Ghostbusters 2 came out, like, this is the biggest deal. This will be the highest budgeted cartoon that we do in the series. And it shows. Yeah. But anyway, happy Halloween. And we will. T- <laughs> I'll talk to you again. Actually, I'll talk to you again, Dave, yeah. sooner. But I will talk to everyone else in podcast land for Christmas time when we talk about Gamera and how great it is to ride in a yellow submarine. Happy Halloween. Goodbye, folks. began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise. He did the monster man. The monster man. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster man. From my laboratory in